0: Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, thrilled to have you here with me today. Today I have a guest who I met recently at a Kickstarter launch party. And I thought, what a perfect person to have to come on the show to talk about their Kickstarter campaign, which is running at the time that we are recording this episode. She has a slightly unusual, not your normal um, project that's out on Kickstarter. It's doing very well, although she might not think so. But I've invited her on the show to kind of talk about her campaign. Her name is Deb Reed. Deb, thanks for joining me on the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Richard.
0: Well, this is kind of fun. You and I met a couple of weeks ago at your Kickstarter launch party. What a great time we had.
1: I thought it was a great party myself, and thank you for coming. I was very flattered that you came. And um, yeah, everyone has told me what a wonderful time they had at that party. So if we're successful with our campaign, we'll have another one at the end
0: another party. That would be great. And you know, it's, <laughs> right. it's funny, a lot of people have talked about the success or the... um First of all, before we get into any of the details of your campaign, let's explain people what the campaign is. You have a company called Shoot for the Stars, and you have a DBA called Herbsack, right? That's right. And that's kind of your... There's camp- a little... Go ahead. Sorry? No, no, go ahead. Well,
1: there's a little story behind Shoot for the Stars, the name of the company. And that is that when I worked at Google as an attorney, um, everything there, every project that Larry um, Page undertook was a moonshot. If it wasn't a moonshot or it wasn't going to change people's lives, he really didn't want to take it on. And so um, the name "Moonshot" or "Shoot for the Moon" was not available when I founded my company, but uh, "Shoot for the Stars" was available, and that was the um, mentality i had going into this um i was shooting for the stars with my own company and he was one of my inspirations
0: so that brings up a point you are not your traditional kickstarter project owner you just dropped a bit of a bomb on many of my listeners you were a formerly an attorney at google
1: yes i was an attorney at google when i decided when i decided to start herb Sac. and it's really um Quite radical to tell you the truth, because yeah, I was imagine. an attorney. <laughs> I was an attorney in corporate but also technology and taking up sewing and sewing bags is not exactly high tech. Uh in fact the opposite. But
0: um And that and, and yes. just so people know, so you're you're an attorney for Google. Google is based in California, which is where you and I live. You are but that it doesn't stop there. You're an attorney in a couple of other places too, right?
1: Well, not only am I an attorney, but I have an MBA, and I was in banking for ten years before I went to law school. So, I have a sort of a high-powered business background, and here I am selling tote bags and learn to sew them and make them. Um, so it seems a little um, old-fashioned, but um, I feel like there's a need in the marketplace for these bags. They're special echo bags, and um, and well, I, feel, I feel passionate about it.
0: When you shared some of your life story, one of the things you talked about, was it your mother that refused to teach you how to use some of these basic skills?
1: My mother is a dream, right? So she was an influence in my life, of course. And she was a positive influence. One of the things that she did not want me to learn was how to learn to type. Because she felt that if I learned to type, I would be stuck behind a typewriter for the rest of my life. At that time, there were no computers, and so um, we didn't have desktop computers, and so it turned out to be a big deficit for me not knowing how to type, especially when I went on to law school and um, you know and now of course, I do a lot of writing, but i I am a very poor typist. But she had all good intentions, and, and as a result of you know the education that she um, that she opened an opportunity for, for me, you know, I went to the best schools and I went on for an MBA and a law degree. So I guess in the end, she pushed me in the right
0: direction. So, so the question has to come up, Deb, um, that you're, you, are we are going to talk about your campaign here in just a minute. Um, but somebody would, somebody could say, what in the world are you doing on Kickstarter? Because, all this influence and the and the the Google and the law and the MBA and it's like what in the world are you doing on Kickstarter? Um, how do you answer that? What's your answer to that question?
1: Well, Richard, you're the first person who ever asked me, and there is an answer to that. Um, remarkably, you know, I even attended Choate Rosemary Hall, which is a very very um, exclusive and elite prep school in, in Wallingford, Connecticut, and. Um, I, I went there shortly after it became co-ed. It used to be an all-boys school when John F. Kennedy was a student there. But, um, you know, it's just that nobody in the venture capital world or Silicon Valley is very interested in a product like mine. Um, there's a lot of capital available here for technology companies and um there's not much interest in a company like mine, um, in terms of you know someone who's going into a bag business. It's manufacturing a product which is labor intensive, and um, it's not as scalable as sort of a an app or right. an online software as a service business. And it's just not as sexy.
0: Um, Does so? Let me ask you this question: Do you feel that you being a woman has anything to do with it?
1: Yes, I do. Um, I definitely do. And I think that um, it's so interesting because I once heard somebody um, who was who was doing um, some microfunding projects and they were saying that if we could um, buy sewing machines for these women in third world countries, they have a sewing machine, they have a business. And I, I thought to myself, you know, what about the women here in the United States? I mean, I really do think that women um, could use a little more mentoring in terms of um, having businesses and going into business and being encouraged to do so. It's very hard to compete in the world with men in, in the business world. So we women, I think we need to um, sort of try to develop our unique skills and and try to make a business out of it and go out into the world and create value with our skills. And we're not encouraged to do so. In fact, I was going against convention when I started this business. And it took a lot of um, guts for me to go against convention and to start this business when people are like, you know, why aren't you practicing law at Google right now? So it is. It's it's a little bit against the tide being a woman and starting a business, and even this type of business. Um,
0: Got it. Because
1: it it's not highly respected. No.
0: Um, well, let's talk about because you are passionate about it. That is the one thing that I came across um, when I met you at your uh, launch party was the passion that's here, and not only and that and your passion, as I observed, who was at your, you had a great turnout at that party, great uh, support. But that passion is infectious. I saw people who are caught up in your passion. Maybe they don't share the same amount of passion for what you're doing, but, they sh- but they're infected by your passion. So let's, let's tell our listeners a little bit about what your project is.
1: Okay. Thank you for that compliment. Um, well, the reason I decided to go into the um, hemp tote bag business is because here in California, We're one of the municipalities, um, San Jose, San Francisco, Palo Alto, Mountain View, that have banned single-use plastic bags. And it was done for the environment. Those plastic bags that we were getting at the supermarket were clogging our sewers, clogging our recycling. They were ending up in our waterways, on our streets. Um, It was uh, litter. And so it was decided we would do away with those. And it turns out that there was a spike in visits to the emergency room by patients complaining of stomach ailments right after the ban in plastic bags. So I was just reading about it in the newspaper and also the Center for Disease Control did some articles on it. And I thought, oh, my goodness, here we are banning these plastic bags, which is great, but people are getting sick from their reusable shopping bags because they're not washing them. Everybody's using them over and over. And frankly, some of them aren't even washable. They're, um, they're more trouble to wash. It's just easier to discard them. So um, it was a problem, and it was a big problem. There, was a, there were a lot of people writing about it. And so um, one of the editorials said they should make these out of hemp because it naturally resists mold and bacteria. And I thought, I'm going to do that because this is something new that's just coming to the state of California and certain other cities in, in Texas and in the state of Washington. But I could see this sweeping the whole country, this ban on plastic bags. And there is going to be a need For bags that do not make people sick um, when they, you know, reuse them and and eat food out of them.
0: So So that was
1: the inspiration for the idea.
0: So the project is called Herb Sack and it is the creation of these organic hemp tote bags. Um, You launched your campaign, how long has it been? A couple of weeks ago?
1: I launched it on 420, which is um, the international symbol for pot smoking, because the bags are made of hemp
0: cannabis sativa. <laughs> there you go. No wonder it's no wonder it's been pop, uh, popular. You can smoke the bag.
1: <laughs> no, I mean one of my nieces said I should give away a joint with every bag, but that would alienate my target market, and I don't think I'm going to do that as no, a marketing strategy. No, probably not a strategy, good idea.
0: But. So it's been running for about nine days. You asked for $15,000. You've raised just under half of that. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was the steps that you took to raise awareness amongst your backers because because you're dealing with – you've got several different dynamics that we've already addressed here. Um, And so what have you done to – you've got about almost 70 backers. What have you done to go get these 70 people to support your project?
1: Well, the main thing I did was I created a an email, and it says "Happy Life Announcement." It's a it's an authentic and personal email about me starting Herbsec, and um, it explains the concept and it asks people to go to the website and make a contribution. And I sent that out to my email list. And that's my personal address book. So I had a personal connection with the people who, um, who received that. And I found that my biggest support came from groups that I'm associated with today. The lawyers at Google, that was a big group who gave. Uh, I have a wine tasting group that we meet once a month and we've become very friendly. And that was a big group that gave. I have a women's running group. We meet every Saturday morning. They've been so supportive of me over the past one and a half years that I've been talking about this bag business. They all bought a bag on Kickstarter. That's the reward that they get for their pledge, and um, and so and family members, of course, have been very generous and very supportive. Um, people you do business with every day, my real estate agent. Um, so th- good friends, sure. those so th- are the people who've, who've supported the campaign.
0: Traditionally, we have in our society a bit of a... Were you worried that as you sent this email out to these contacts, that this question that was going to be asked that I asked you, is why in the world is Deb asking me to give $20 or $40? Well, she can afford it. Why is she asking me to give money to this? Were you worried that by sending out this personal email that you, that you would come across as some kind of awkwardness in the relationship that you would develop by asking for this money?
1: Well, that's interesting. Um, the answer to that is no, because it's true. I can afford, um, you know, $15,000 is not a, a large sum of money for me. I, um, already invested, you know, more than six figures in this business, um, but ultimately, you know the concept needs to be tested in the marketplace. I think Herb sac is great. The people who love me around me think that Herbsack is great. But ultimately, the bag has to um, be adopted and liked by you know consumers. So by putting it out on Kickstarter and trying to get you know shine a light on it and get the word out about it, if enough people see it. I can find out if if I'm onto something here or if everybody is going to be oh so what about it. And the $15,000 is only about 10% of what I need to manufacture the bags. The bags are already in the factory being manufactured and um I've already paid 50% and I am in a position to pay for the bags when they come out of the factory, but of course everybody needs working capital, and I and I have a finite sum of money. I I don't have an unlimited amount of money, so essentially, eventually, I have to go to the market with these bags. And now's the time while they're being made, and um, and see, you know, to test test the concept, and that's and that's a good thing to use Kickstarter for. One good thing.
0: Well, I think it's a great lesson because what you did is that even though you might have been in a position for people to think about that, you overcame that. Because so many of my guests in the past and people I talked to have been concerned and worried about asking their friends and family for money. And what you've demonstrated here is that if you make it personal, make it about your passion, that you can – you know it's not easy, but you can still reach out and ask for that. And I noticed that. Well, also,
1: I come from a very wealthy part of the country. I mean, I'm living here in Silicon Valley, and as you saw from my kickoff party, I have professional athletes as neighbors, people who are senior executives at large corporations in technology, and they're people of means. I'm not asking people who, for whom money is scarce, to put money toward this. toward this project, and I'm putting up a lot of my own money, and I think people appreciate that. So, um, no, I don't feel badly. Plus, I never ask people for things. I'm very generous, and I'm more in the other way. So it's time that I get that skill to ask others. I mean, that's another skill that women have to learn.
0: It is. There's a great um, TED Talk. I don't know if you've seen it. Amanda Palmer does a great TED Talk on the art of saying thank you. And um, sometimes asking for money is a way of saying thank you. It's a great, it's a great TED Talk. I had, a, I had a question I wanted to wrap up as, we're, as we wrap up with our last few minutes. Your party. Sure. You threw the party. We had a great time. A uh, lot of generous uh, donations from those who helped stage that party. But you learned something at the end of the party that you made an assumption, didn't you, that turned out to be wrong. Yes. And so yes. let's talk about that because you're not going to be the first one nor the last one. So let's inform our listeners kind of what happened.
1: Okay. Well, I, get, I said a few words at the party and I did not speak much about Kickstarter. I spoke about myself and that I was proud of my success to this point, just getting here. And, and I was very proud and I'm happy. I'm happy with my life that I'm pursuing this. What I did not do, and I did not tell people in the audience what Kickstarter is, and I did not tell them um, I didn't tell them anything about Kickstarter because I assumed they already knew what Kickstarter was, and that turned out to be a mistake because at the end of my party, one person said, "Where can I get a bag?" and another one said, "What's Kickstarter?" so I think people could use um, information about what Kickstarter is when you're asking them to participate in your Kickstarter campaign.
0: Yes, that was something that, uh, I didn't say anything. It was your party. You 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 had had you showed your video, which was quite nicely done. But yes, um, helping people understand, we assume, right, we live in Silicon Valley, that everybody would know how to, you know, Kickstarter is this new up and coming thing. But it is quite surprising sometimes when people just, they don't know. Okay, so how could people find out about Herbsack, where do they go to find out? We're just we've got just about a minute or so left.
1: They can go to the website Herbsack.com, and it's spelled H E R B S A C K. And that will take them to the Kickstarter campaign. There's a link there. And um,
0: So that it, that's they how can they get, get find it. all the information. Perfect. And then the last thing I would want to say is, is that I think your campaign's doing well. I know you're slightly worried, just so people know, we're about halfway through uh, we're nine days into the campaign. And the campaign has raised, it looks like, what percentage here? Um,
1: A little over 40%.
0: A little over 40%. And so at this point, with 26 days to go, is that how many days you got left? 21 days. You might be growing slightly nervous.
1: Well, I mean, every day I'm getting up and saying, okay, what do I need to do today to, you know, get money in the campaign? Um, And I've reached out to media now because... I didn't want to reach out to media with a non-story, but I feel that the campaign has got enough traction that today I uh, reached out to media, and you are kindly interviewing me, and I have another blogger who agreed to write about me, so um, I'm getting some success with that. So that well, should help me, I hope, over the next uh, stage.
0: And all indications are that you're going to do just fine, that you're going to fund and hit your funding goal. And so that was the advice that I was going to give you, that hang in there. You're in that little lull period, but you're going to do, you're going to do just fine. Deb, thank you so much for joining me on the show.
1: It's been my pleasure, Richard. Thank you for having me.
0: You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been Deb Reed. She's the founder of Shoot for the Stars and has launched a Kickstarter co- campaign called Herbsack. Uh, where you can go out and find it. It's got another uh, three weeks to go. Thanks for listening. And if you get a chance to support the program, visit us at patreon.com where you can look up Funding the Dream. Thanks for listening. Take care.